Gentlemen, James Marshall here reporting for The Natural Lifestyles on a crisp, almost spring day in Budapest. And with the coming of the better weather, it's time to really start thinking about what you want to do with this year, how you want to get out of the house and make life happen. And so the topic of today's video is going to be looking at particularly video games and screen use and how the process of gamification has distracted you from what is actually important in life and how we can use some of the strategies or some of the impulses, let's say, that draw many men towards spending large amounts of time playing video games or watching screens and how we can redirect those to something more useful. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Now, full disclosure, I am going to be talking about video games here, but you will definitely figure out very quickly that I'm not up to date with how all of that works. The last time that I played video games, and I'm not lying, was in 1998, and I used to play Mortal Kombat down at the arcade. I put in one buck, and I was usually Raiden or Scorpion, and I can st like I still have the muscle memory for like Raiden's fucking ice balls and stuff. So that was implanted in me. But since then, well, as soon as video games started to have 18 different angles and 40 different buttons, I was too confused and I gave up and just gave up. I just couldn't hack it. So I just went off and had sex with lots of women and traveled the world and started a business because I just was not cut out for that video game stuff. But men who are involved in self-development, personal development, optimizing growth, life hacks of all sorts of types, tend to always be looking for what is the, the most effective strategy to optimize certain areas of my life. And this tends to be in terms of fitness, right? So guys might get obsessed with fitness and go down a rabbit hole where they're, they're trying to find the most efficient way to do a push-up or a pull-up or the types of diets that are absolutely optimized for their macro and micronutrients and so on in order to, to like just get a 1% or a 5% or a 10% edge on their competition or on themselves from their previous endeavors, which is good. Right, like it's 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 awesome as you're as you're moving from competency into some kind of mastery, then there will be the need for you to refine, to get more granular, to be able to you know become a specialist in that area. So that's all well and good, and I think that's where men particularly focus the majority of their effort when it comes to self development. They have their certain metrics: money, fitness, women, some. And then they, they work on being able to fine-tune and be, become the best at that particular aspect of their life. Now, what I think is problematic about this is what it's not looking at. Because what it's not looking at is how do your impulses, they may be just uh, subtle or they may be compulsive and addictive, but how, how, the, how your impulses can lead you into kind of fugue states or states of distraction where you don't really notice the passage of time, where it's, it steps out of your optimization zone and into, into this entertainment or, or pleasure zone, which can and does for many, many men chew up massive amounts of time, but it chews up a lot more than just time as well, because it's no secret that we all spend too much time looking at screens. If you've got any kind of tracking on your devices and you look at it, it's tends to be fairly depressing. Even for people who are very active, they still tend to be spending, you know, two, three, four, maybe more hours looking at Instagram, YouTube, playing video games or whatever. This is, of course, problematic. And, and even the Zoomers know that. It's not like younger generations don't know that looking at Instagram or TikTok all day is decimating their attention span and so on. But they do it anyway because it feeds certain needs, because it's built like a casino, right? Because it's built on the human impulses 
of addictive or repetitious behaviors. No secret there. But the problem remains, even though we're aware of the problem. So what I want to look at today is specifically zero in on, on video game use and see if we can take some of the impulsive strategies that you might use there and then transfer them over into real life in order to get actual real world results as opposed to collecting power-ups or skins or big guns and so on that you get from video games. So my main thesis for today is that I feel that the overuse of, of video games is detrimental in multiple ways because what it, it doesn't just take your time and uh, you know it's not just physically detrimental because you're sitting at a screen with blaring in your eyes all the time. What's happening is I feel like the games tend to hijack different areas of masculine achievement and give you, as I've said in previous videos, the junk food version of real life, right? So when a guy's playing a video games, what does he get out of it? So he's getting challenges that are incrementally increasing, that are not so hard, that are impossible, but, you know, constantly challenging. He's getting rewards as he, as he moves up different levels, right? Whether that's, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm just guessing. You get guns and you feel cooler and your muscles get bigger. I don't know how it works, right? But you're getting, you're getting benefits or getting rewards from it. You're also getting to play with masculine aspects such as aggression, right? So you get to blow people's heads off and kill zombies or whatever it is that you're doing in the games. So you're getting to express an aspect of masculinity, aggression, dominance, strategy, maybe coordinating with other people in order to dominate other groups of people and so on. So you're getting these like shadow versions or, you know, like digital impressions of, of real life masculine pursuits. And, you know, as with the consumption of digital media of all sorts or, or human communications that are not real life, they kind of like junk food, they will fill you up, but they're not nourishing, right? So if you're expending most of your social effort, most of your masculine power and, and intent into this digital world, then you don't have all that, you don't have that energy to distribute throughout your real life. It's the same with use and overuse of pornography, right? It satisfies the sexual needs to some degree, but it's not obviously nowhere near as nourishing as actually having a a woman who wants you in bed with you. So I feel like this is extremely problematic because it's essentially men pouring massive amounts of their manness, of their masculinity into something which is not real, right? So, I mean, and I know that like I'm coming from a position here of someone who doesn't really understand this world and is not interested in it, but I am very interested in the way that men optimize their lives. And I'm always looking to see where the blind spots are. Right, because the, the same guy that might be really specific and really particular about his workout routine, for example, may then get home and just kind of get into that zone, switch out, switch off, and four hours of time, energy and masculine intent gets dumped into this thing, which yields no real results. So what you might get from the game, which is thrills, excitement, entertainment, some form of camaraderie if you're playing multiplayer games, and senses of achievement, right? Because we're unlocking certain levels and we're getting shiny things uh, beeping and being delivered to us. This gives us the impression of, of progress, but it's not real progress. It's giving us something. The one thing that it doesn't give us, which is vitally important, well, there's many things it doesn't give you, but one very important thing is risk and rejection. Because there's no real risk in the game, right? Okay, so even if you fall off the thing or you get shot, you just start again, you're not actually facing any real re risk. You can't really be rejected from the situation in the same way with porn. We can't be rejected by a, a pornographic actress. She's always available. She's always there. She's always smiling and gaping and <laughs> doing what, what she's supposed to be doing. 
And in the same way, the game will always deliver us from the position that we last started and we get to continue to feel like we're progressing in this virtual space where we're not really progressing much at all, except for the you know tiny percentage of people who become professional gamers. Now, life is not a game in the broad sense. If you really lose, it's over. However, within our life, we play all sorts of, of games. And what I'm suggesting here is that you can transfer this, some of the aspects of playing video games in terms of leveling up, in terms of when you die, you take the lessons from what just happened and then you restart and then you get to go again. So we can take some of these processes and then transfer them over into the real world, specifically into the seduction sphere. If you want to be able to meet women in real life and get on dates and have the types of relationships that you choose as opposed to the ones that may turn up in your life by chance or that, then we need to work out what are the resistance points. And look, I've, I've covered the, the resistance points that men have countless times in many, many different ways. And so I'm trying again today with a different way because different strategies work for different people. But the thing that stops men from doing what they want, seeing that girl over there and running over and saying, hey, you look cute, what's your name? Which is really, really easy to do. It's way less complex than any of those fatality moves that you have to do. It's really easy. But most men never do it or do it extremely rarely because they feel like when they get rejected, which they will half or more of the time, that it really is game over, right? They're like we, we interpret these uh, responses from women, uh, which are, and I can tell you now what the worst case scenario is gonna be is this one. You go up and you go, hi, how you doing today? My name's James. And she doesn't look at you and walks past you. That's pretty much the worst thing that can happen. Very, very rare for any woman to say anything rude. Sometimes in New York, they say, get the fuck out of here. But for the most part, they're not rude. They're just indifferent because they're like, mm, man, no, don't, I'm not interested in dealing with that. I don't know who he is. I don't want to know who he is. And I'm going to go on with my life, which a beautiful woman must do. We will never really understand this because I don't walk down the street and have all these girls look at me and come up to me and try and pick me up in all sorts of awkward ways. That doesn't happen but it does happen for beautiful women. So they have to be able to filter all the men that come into their life arbitrarily, really. They just have to be, it's kind of like their real life Tinder. They're like, no, why? Because no. But the impression that men get is that this rejection is a real and, and, and permanent failure. And, the, and then men tend to extrapolate all this different meaning onto it. What does it mean if a beautiful girl doesn't want to talk to me or go on a date with me? Well, we know what it actually means is that that girl's just screened you out you know, randomly because she doesn't have time, she's got a boyfriend, doesn't like the look of you or whatever, or she just doesn't talk to strangers or she's nervous or one of the many reasons. But what it doesn't mean is what often men interpret it to mean, which is that I am not worthy in some way. I'm not attractive enough. I'm a loser. You know, that woman is totally out of my league or I project it onto the women. You know, women are so entitled today or she doesn't know that I'm a nice guy or fuck that bitch or whatever reactive uh, expression that we might have. Neither of those things are good and neither of those things are accurate. No woman can judge your worthiness as a man on sight. She hasn't spoken to you. She doesn't know your personality. She doesn't know your achievements and what you can do. She doesn't know how you treat your mum. She doesn't know any of that stuff. She just knows on sight, not interested in the same way that we walk down the streets going, nope, 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 to lots and lots of women based on how big their hips are or the shape of their face. And we do not have the right or authority to be able to judge the value of that human being. We're just like, I'm not interested in talking to that human because of the way that they look. It is a big mistake on men's, men's behalf to think that this process of going and meeting women is so much more serious that it is uh, life and death. 
that it is related to whether or not your ego is going to be completely crippled or your worthiness as a man. It's none of those things. It can be and is better seen as a game. It's, it's been called game forever, right? And so we, if we look at how do we gamify a game so that it becomes more fun, that it, we don't take it so seriously, that we can use some of these uh, aspects of you know, playing video games, which are around scoring points, moving up levels, dying, failing, and then going, oh, well, I'll get up and I'll just press start again, because that's what you can do. As long as you're living in a city that's not a, well, not a village where you, where you go and play 10 rounds and everyone's like, are you still playing that game? Because you've already approached it six times. If you're in a big enough city, you can go and start the level over and over and over again. Now, the reason why men often get demoralized, so, you know, when you're playing a video game, I mean, I know I do. Like, when I, whenever anyone's handed me a controller and I lose once, I'm like, yeah, don't want to do that anymore. But for most people who do it, they're like, okay, I lost... I get my, you know, my dopamine high and my dopamine drop, and then I press, and I have my impulse, like an, almost an addictive impulse, to start again to get the thrills and the entertainment and the the mental challenges or the, you know, the physical challenges that you get from it, and so then you continue. What often happens with men is they try and approach, and and I've I've had many many contacts from guys, emails or whatever, where they say, oh yeah, look, I tried your, I tried your system and it didn't work. I approached four girls and I didn't get on a date. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, my system mustn't work then if it, if it took four attempts at it and it didn't work. And you stopped because you felt bad because you were like, I, I, got the, I bought this new game, I played it and I lost and I lost and I lost and I felt bad four times in a row. And I'm like, I don't want to play this game anymore. In order to be able to move through what we describe as the beginner's hell or the, yeah, your, your initial, really, 100 approaches or your first year in the in-game, that you will have to be prepared to take lots of L's, right? You will have to understand that the, the skill level of this game is a bit higher than you're quite able to play out right now. And so, therefore, you might need to be playing it in, in its training phases, Right, so instead of, okay, I'm going out there in order to achieve the mission of getting the girl's phone number and her coming on a date with me, which of course, that's where we want to get to. But if we find that like, okay, I go into this game and it's so overwhelming to me emotionally and I don't, and I don't feel like the challenge is just ahead of me and so it feels too impossible to achieve. And so often men give up or they have like a, you know, a little false start or they try it once or twice and they're like, oh, didn't, that didn't work. I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to run back to the game that I know how to, to control. So instead, what, what I suggest you do is you break it down into components that are lists of wins. Because if we look at it like, okay, I'm playing training, I'm playing the training level. And so therefore, what do I need to do? I need to learn how to use the machine, right, which is me. So that means I need to be working on my posture, my body language, my expression. I need to be aware of myself and recognize when I'm jiggling or like looking erratically and any of these things that make me less attractive. So I can be working on that. I can walk around my environment, right? Walk around my level. I'm on training easy mode. So I'm walking around and I'm going to practice standing up straight, looking people in the eyes, making deliberate movements. I'm going to go over to a busker, a beggar, a shopkeeper, someone who's trying to sell me a religion. <laughs> and I'm going to engage with them simply as, as practice, right? This is just like, this is my pre-training for the game. So I can go over and say, hey man, cool fucking banjo. Where'd you learn that? And I, I can't get rejected from it because I don't want anything from it. I'm just, I'm just playing with the machine to see what it can do, right? I go into a store where there's an attractive woman 
and I go over and I speak to her about the product. He, you know, I'm like, so I'm interested in some feminine hygiene products I notice you have on sale here. <laughs> so whatever it is that she's selling, I can go and I can practice interfacing with that type of character that later on I'm going to go out there and, and play the game with. All right, so because men us who don't have a lot of FaceTime, real FaceTime, with beautiful women, find them intimidating. They, they tend to idolize them, objectify them, dehumanize them in a, in a positive way often, where it's like, you know, she's, she's almost not human, she's so perfect, or because she's so beautiful, she must be perfect. And I'm not so beautiful, so I must not be perfect, right? So we make all these extrapolations. And when you spend enough time around pretty girls, you realize they're humans. They do all the same things out of all the same, most of the same holes, and they have all, all the same emotions, and many of them are dorks or nerdy or insecure, and some of them are narcissistic and full of themselves and entitled. And okay, there's all sorts of characters within there. But once you start to spend lots of time with beautiful women, you, you become comfortable with it because it's, it's normal. You're like, okay, I can, I can operate with her in a human way. Um, I can feel relaxed in that situation. So if you're not used to that, then you can figure out how do I gamify this so I can get more face time with these types of girls. And let's say you've, uh, you know, you've walked around in your training ground for a while. Even if, even if I didn't do a real approach, I got lots of things out of it. And this is where I want you to look at it. Okay, so if I want to gamify things, then I need to have scores. I need to give myself points. I need to give myself achievable benchmarks that make me feel like I'm, I'm improving. And so if I do that simple, you know, the simple exercise of walking down the street with my head held high, making eye contact with every single person that walks by, smiling at women, giving a wink to an old lady, you know, high-fiving a busker, just giving a throwaway comment to someone and saying, hey, that's a fantastic satchel you're wearing. I love it. Just throwing away compliments or comments. Then I'm actually not risking very much at all because in this, in this stage, in this training level, I'm not risking, even really risking rejection. I'm just flexing, testing, reaching out. And what do I get from that? I get instant levels of self-confidence boost. I get uh, much more self-awareness and, and presence in the moment. Right? Because if I'm here and I'm feeling my feet and I'm scanning my environment and I'm interacting with people in light kind of, you know, unrejectable ways, then I'm on, right? I'm in, I'm really in this space. And so I'm basically getting the benefit of moving meditation, right? Of the power of now that, you know, everyone talks about as, and to the point where it becomes a cliche. But what does that really mean? It means the power of experiencing as much of now as possible. And so when you're going out into the world with that, presence or with that intention, then you get all of these other correlating benefits. I get to, you know, I get to test and experiment with things. Right? I throw something out there and I see what it does and doesn't do. And then I can keep that tool or adjust it or, or seek mentors to help out with it or whatever I need to do. And so I can start to progress level and level. Now, we decide we're going to go out on, uh, you know, medium mode. And I do have the intention of speaking to women and maybe trying to ask them out. Now, if I look at this as the game that I'm playing is zero sum, right? You go and you approach and you either lose, and what do you lose? You lose everything. You lose your identity, your self-worth, you know, your masculinity, your future potential to pass on your genes. Right? Like this is this is, I know I'm being hyperbolic, but often men perceive this, and I'm gonna lose all this stuff, right? If if I lose this this round. And if I win, I get a girlfriend. Or I get laid. Now, those are two very, those are the two extremes, the polar extremes of, of what might happen and what you could gain or lose out of this. 
And when you're a beginner at this, and the beginner's phase, depending on whether you've had training, depending on whether, you know, basically where your social skills are to start with, the beginner phase takes anywhere from three to 12 months to, to get to a point where I feel really competent, confident, I can do this. Some days I'll be rusty, some days I'll be really on fire, but in general I can make this work uh, and I can get the results that I actually want. But, it, but before we get to that point, and, and most men, unfortunately, no matter how hard I try to help who don't come train with us, most men never get through that period because of, that, of this huge gulf in, uh, in the results. It's either I lose and I feel awful or I win. But when you first go out and you do this a lot of times, if you see it in those, that dichotomy, then you'll be losing most of the time because the reality is no matter how good you get at this, the very best that I've ever seen uh, including myself and, and my contemporaries, on a really good day and we're lucky, 50% of the girls give us their number. And when you're a beginner, it's probably more like 10%. And out of that, a bunch will flake. And out of that, you'll fuck up the texting some, somehow. And out of that, you know, someone will, ex-boyfriend will turn up and they'll vanish and so on, right? So initially, the, the statistics of approaches to getting a girl into bed or into a relationship can be quite low. And of course, this can be really demoralizing. It's worth it. It is so worth it in the long term because this is one of the top three most valuable skills that I have. I, I know that. My ability to go and meet strangers and make an impression and, and get them to engage with me in, in the ways that I would like, sexually or in business or as a friend or whatever, is the most powerful skill I would say that I've ever learned, maybe aside from meditation. And yet so many men never develop this, this skill set, which is, which really is a tragedy because it sets boxes and, and uh, jail cells around your life. Right, if I, if I walk through this park and there's no chance I could see a pretty girl reading a book, I don't know why she'd be reading it in the frosty grass, but if she was, and there was no chance I could go over in there and speak to her, this diminishes my life if I'm a single man. Right, it means, it means that I'm work, moving through this tiny little rat maze of potentials and taking the crumbs out of life. We live in metropolises of hundreds of thousands of millions of people. There are millions of opportunities around us all the time and we choose to live in tiny little mazes instead of breaking out of it. So this skill is vital to, to acquire. It's not a hobby. It's not something that are like, oh, maybe, I, you know, maybe I'll learn how to, to rollerblade. And I could learn to rollerblade or I could not. And would it change my life a bit? And it might be fun. And if I didn't do it, I could do something else. The ability to source your mates, your sexual mates, is not like that. Right? Unless you are asexual and you don't give a shit, uh, it's pretty vital as a man. So you have to be able to do this. So how do we bridge that gap? Again, we take it back to small wins, right? So if we take it back to our hypothetical approach, one way we have, okay, I'm playing this game, high stakes game, win or lose, lose is really bad, win's really good, but you lose way more than you win. So you're gonna have to have an extremely tough skin to be able to just hammer through the numbers to do this. And most men don't have the stamina to make it through. Instead, let's play a different video game. Let's play a different real life game. This one we go, all right, so between me walking over to the girl and saying hi and asking for a number, what are all the other levels, wins that I can get along the way? So that when I inevitably get blown out, it's one of those points, I don't see that I lost the game completely and I'm shit at the game. I see it in this way where I'm like, okay, I got six steps in and then, I, and then it fell apart. So step six seems to be something that I need to think about. So I take the lessons from it, okay, game over. Restart, cool, next time I go in there, now of course women will act differently, that's not the same avatar every single time, 
but we seem to start to see, okay, this, this part of my skill set or this part of my ability to respond to her reaction is not great, so I can zero in on that. And in that, in that way, we can start to meticulously move through and improve our, our skill set whilst also getting the sense uh, and the boost, you know, the, the ego boost, the, the in, uh, encouragement of having six wins before we went, before we lost that particular round. So what would that look like? What's the first win? The first win... I can break them down granular. The first win is I got out of the house and I walked around, I stood up tall and I looked people in the eyes. Cool, win one. What do I get out of that? I get the confidence to make eye contact. I get to create or at least perceive the opportunities that women might give me because I'm, I may have been walking through my life like this and over the course of my life, 643 women looked at me and went, hmm, he's kind of cute or something. And I, because I wasn't looking up and looking at them, I missed all those opportunities. Whereas if I face the world at eye line, I will start to notice when, oh, that girl's giving me the eye, which girls will. Almost every man will, exp- will have women giving them the eye because women walk around the streets like we do going, oh yeah, he's cute. Mm, he's kind of like disgusting, but turns me on in a way. Or, oh, that guy's kind of quirky and wonder what he's like. You know, they're, they're going about their days unless they're blissfully in love with someone doing that as well. And looking for these opportunities where they can, as a good seductress, give an opportunity to a man and hopefully he takes it and comes and makes a move. And in that case, that, that round is going to be much easier because she's already at least open to the possibility. So we want to be trying to make things as easy as we can, use the cheat codes when we can for sure. Uh, you see, I'm really trying to wedge in the, the, the video game metaphors, aren't they? Like, James, you don't know what you're talking about. I do. It's a screen. You go like this. It jumps up and down. It shoots. So we're like, okay, cool. Level one, it's like, or like step one or skill one. Okay, I can do that one. Cool, what's the next one I can do? I can walk along and I can wave at someone and say, hey, what's up? And then walk off. It's an unrejectable, the 100% unrejectable approach, only 9.99. And what, am I, what do I gain from that? The ability to open my mouth and say something to a stranger, to break the ice, to reach out from I'm inside my space and this is all complicated and I'm just like, hi, what's your name? Or hey, looking good today and I just walk on. Cool, can I do that level? Yeah, that one's a little bit more challenging than just looking at people, but not that much more challenging. Cool, I can win levels one and two. And you see where I'm going with this, right? So the next one is, I'm gonna go over and I'm gonna stop the girl. Excuse me, miss, I saw you from over there, and my heart skipped a beat. What's your name? I've won the round of delivering a perfect direct opener, and I've stood there and, and, and seen the response of the woman, and then I say, cool, well, you have a nice day, and I walk off. Maybe, right? I mean, if I want to, if, if they, or if that's all I can handle. Cool. I've just won levels one, two, and three. And then I break it down. All right, so what do I want to try and do in conversations? Well, I want to find out a bit about her, not just facts, but feelings and, and how she lives her life. I want to share some of those things about myself. I want to let be very clear why I'm here, that I'm not just here as a friendly gay guy or something. And then if we kind of like each other, I want to try and see her again. That's the four things I'm trying to do in any interaction. Now, of course, those open out into all sorts of other aspects that the, the I want to find some stuff about her or learn about her. Well, what does that mean? Okay, so I might get into the conversation and say, hey, so what's going on in life at the moment? And she says, I'm studying. And then I find myself getting into six questions about her studies. How long have you been doing that? Where do you go to school? What do you plan to do afterwards? And then I see her eyes starting to glaze over. She's like, you know, three years, don't care. Are you my uncle? Why are you asking me these questions? And, I, and, I, and then she says, oh, I gotta go, and she walks off. And I go, hmm, okay, so I went in, powerful, powerful opener. 
I won those levels. She started to seem like she was interested. Then we got into that study conversation and then it sucked. Why did it suck? Well, because I was using only detail-based questions and I was asking her facts and sounding like a boring old uncle. So that wasn't appealing to her. And I think about it, hmm, the 22-year-old girl who's at university, is she thinking daily about what she's gonna do with this degree when she finishes? Does she think often about how many semesters are left or you know, what, <laughs> you know, how, how old the campus is? No, she doesn't. She's 22, she studies because she has to, and then she goes to parties and likes boys and rides a horse and does some other stuff. Cool, all right, so next time I play this game, I get into that conversation and I find out she's a student and then I take it in a different direction that's more personal. So do you use your charms on your professors? Be honest. That's a very different question and it gets a very different response. And she says, oh, no, no, I'm a totally good girl. I would never do that. And I say, that's what bad girls say. Good girls just look at you blankly because they don't even understand the question. And now I'm flirting or challenging. And then it's starting to be a bit fun. And then something else happens along the way and maybe it falls apart. And then I take some time and I dissect that. And then I work level by level. So it means by the time I've won the big game of that round, which is I've got her phone number and she seems eager to meet me again, I've stacked up a dozen wins along the way. And so at any of those points where I failed or you know lost the round, blown out, okay, restart, I can go out and I can gamify it and look at it from these levels as well. Now, I'm not saying that this is a flawless kind of map or mindset to be working with. And I certainly wouldn't be suggesting that like for the rest of your life, you try to gamify every single thing that you do and you putting point systems or whatever along the way because that can certainly take out some of the spontaneity and fun and humanity of life. Like if, if I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got to optimize my life. So I've heard that you're supposed to socialize with people. So I'll take, you know, uh, six hours a week and, uh, and I will make sure that when I go and hang out with my friend that I have, you know, checked in on him, how he's doing, that we've gone and had a beer, that we wolf whistle at some girls or whatever, and that I have 16 different things I have to do with my friend in order for that to have been an effective hangout. No, we don't want to do that. You want to allow yourself, of course, like I'm not saying that you should never play video games or never jerk off to porn or never watch a YouTube video again because that would, that would be problematic for me. And, I, and of course, I understand the irony of me telling people that they shouldn't be looking at screens whilst producing more screen time. I know, but I really am trying to do it so you get out into the real world. So yeah, I'm not suggesting that we you know, try and gamify every single aspect of our lives, but I think it's a really effective strategy to put over particularly when we're trying to learn a new skill set, right? Particularly or trying to embody a new type of lifestyle where there are a bunch of whole bunch of metrics that we can measure. There are systematic ways that we can go through things. There are levels and rewards and there and then there are losses as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.